Welcome to Post-Apocalyptic. This is Rob. This is John. All right, if you have followed us in the uh, past eight episodes, we've talked about John's never-ending job, which now has ended. Well, no. <laughs> still still going. You know, it's, it's okay. still going. It's one of those things where they tell you it's going to end and you don't believe it. First of all, they've been telling us this for about a few months. Correct. You know, it was supposed to end in, supposed to be wrapping out first week of August. Okay. And now, you know, we're near and almost Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> And nothing has been oh. finalized. There's no final uh, uh, part, episode, uh, section of the show that's mm-hmm. been finalized <laughs> yet. Our air dates was were always next year, sometime. Still don't, still don't have <laughs> sometime. Still don't have any air dates. But it always was like, oh my god, I've never been on a show with like air dates so far out. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Now it's like. Will we make whatever that is? Will we make it? So you, you have no air date, and you're still worried that you might not make it. Might air. Not make it. <laughs> so nothing is done. Oh, okay. you know, it's just like can I say this? It'd be like I guess like when you were getting married. When getting married, okay. Say, you know, you, you have to plan out things, no matter how big or small or whatever. Correct. Yeah. It's a whole process. It's always it always kills me how it's like at least six months to a year. You right. Know, like every weekend is like, oh, I'm so tired of this wedding. I'm just doing all this planning. I'm like, wait a minute. For a year, you've been like every week. What kind of. Yeah. Kind what of do you need to do? Yeah, exactly. Imagine like halfway through, you go, okay, the wedding's tomorrow. We're good? Yeah. And you go, no, we don't have anything. We have done. the venue. That's yeah. it. Well, you got to go. That's ready get ready you know go time and it's like okay there's nothing done i didn't like this is not humanly possible to do that like all right, you don't have the venue you don't have really anything you want mm-hmm. in the wedding but get married is that cool yeah oh sure um no it's not cool so uh, it's, it's so surreal it's like so are you i mean yesterday was technically your last day right or from what we we had we talked about it earlier. So, yeah. are you off payroll? How about that? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's just just keep turning in time cards until the check stop showing up. You know, we got you know a few more days. Oh, and, okay. Um, it's one of those things where I think some people don't know what entails for a finish. Oh, okay. Of the show, and certain people are looking at bottom lines, which I which I get. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is, for me, in my role, it's simple. It's like, well, we have to do this, and we don't have the time to do this. And on their end, it's like, well, we don't want to spend any more money. So, I get it, but you have to look at the fact that, you know, a project still needs to get done. Right. You know, and um, if you change up the the staff or diminish the staff or whatever, it's just going to take that much longer. Yeah. it's a simple thing. I'm sure they understand that, but it's more like it's probably a shot in the arm to like get going faster. Sort of like the, they pulled the real threat out as opposed to guys, if you don't finish, like, don't worry, we got it. And then they were, no, you're done. Your money stopped. Yeah. And so, I mean, it goes on. The thing's still going on. But it's like, it's that thing of like, well, could be done here, could be done there. And it's like, uh, okay, I don't really think that's realistic, but all right. Because I, I still know a whole lot of things that have to function mm-hmm. a little the mechanics of it all of how this workflow is going right. is sort of i wouldn't say intricate but it's 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 not only time consuming but like it, things certain things have to be done really quickly to make sure that you're ready for certain uh sessions and things like mm-hmm. that and uh poor assistant editors are getting beaten 
beaten <laughs> down and you know um i'm just coming in there like a taskmaster and it was like the other day i was telling one of them you know sorry i'm coming in just throwing all these tasks at you he's like i got a wife you have no idea <laughs> like enough said left yeah. the room so it's just you know it's an incredible amount of things that go into this to every single show right um as you know and to just all right your show for instance yes right now they said all right uh you guys aired everything next week um good <laughs> yeah sure yeah. <laughs> I, I say yes and then just pack up my stuff and leave right <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know and there's there's that whole thing of all right whenever it is uh done for real done for me but mm-hmm. not done like do I leave people in the, the lurch and say, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to answer calls. I'm not going to answer. Because, you know, even after you can properly wrap a show, after you're off, it's like, hey, Rob, uh, remember that one that deliverable that we were supposed to make? Where is that? We were wondering where that is. Or, hey, we're going into the uh, the stems and we're trying to find out this and that. And you're like, oh, I I don't remember. It's been like, you know, five months. I, yeah. I'll dig into my files. Let me and, check my emails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's it's one of those things where it never ends. I got a QC report from a show that I did in 2014. And in 2015, that summer, the show had been aired and off for about eight months. And I got a QC report, you know, at that, like, uh, show went off the air in December. I got a QC report for quality control report for uh, one of the episodes in, like, August of the following year. Okay. And I thought it was an errant email, like, a mistake. Yeah. And um, I looked at the date, and I'm like, no, this is, this is now, you know? And it was, like, an international QC report, which is, of oh, course... Oh, okay, okay, okay. Very brutal. The international is crazy. Yeah. So there was this thing that they wanted fixed, you know? And uh, I was like, I think, I think, I, one of those things where I think I remember what that is. So, you know, I arranged time and went back. I happened to be on the show again by that yeah. time. So I went back into the, uh, the post-production house and looked at it. And it, it means definitely something that cannot be fixed. It's something that, like, this is the way it was shot. And yeah. th- there's, it was like a blow-up or something. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, that would require reshooting. <laughs> We've delivered that. We've, it, we're done. No. You know? Uh, but I had to go in and look at it. But I'm like, why are they sitting me? Like, suppose I had not, not even been on the show anymore. Right. Or what if the show wasn't on the air? I mean, like, what if no one was back? Like, yeah. you happen to go back to the show. Right. So you could go back. Like, who would get that? I mean, you would just get that email and then forward it to the studio going, I don't know what you need to do. Yeah. You know, go in and ultimately they don't, they probably won't go in and, and make a decision. They'll probably try to loop me in some way so they don't have to go in and, yeah. and do that. Um, <laughs> do you remember this thing from nine months ago? Yeah, like the top of my head. Yeah. Hey, let me get that answer for you. Of course. <laughs> the same issue happened on the last QC report. And this was my answer. This is still my answer. Yeah. Can't do it. Creative intent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best answer The best answer, creative intent. It's funny. We're starting to get, um, I'm starting the QC process and all my shows. And it's great. It's like, we don't, we only have to do like one pass. Like we don't have to do like the normal fix it, send it back, get more notes, like mm-hmm. most of them. So I'm just doing one pass. And a lot of it is our show is pretty down and dirty. So all our notes are like the best part on the newest one was example of a soft focus. It's like, I know what a soft focus is. Why are you telling me all the QC notes were example? 
so I didn't know it's like am I supposed to <laughs> fix it because it would be there was one example of a continuity error I know what a continuity error is I don't need an example and I don't know if you want me to fix it and once again this is coming from a third party this isn't um, the network telling me to fix these things so I can sort of really sort of blow off third party QC because it's not blow them off mm-hmm. address the notes as needed but it was like a lot of them I didn't know it's like example of and I was like I know what it was and actually it was a rack focus that they didn't rack fast enough so it was taught it was focused on the one person talking and then it was supposed to rack to the other person right. for the answer rack too slow but it was the best take and it goes soft focus I was like well when you're rack focusing one thing is going to be soft that's why you rack focus but so a lot of them was like sure Wow. So I just put a check mark next to it. I, I saw your example, and um, I'm not fixing it. Uh, there were some, though. There were some. There was like a boom and something that no one saw. It was like, how did we miss that? And it's like, well, we were never looking on the lower left-hand corner on that one particular frame where the boom popped down. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to be. I yet to deliver a show. I was supposed to deliver three weeks ago. I have yet to deliver. Of because course. It was all about fixes. Not, not picture fix. It was like, we'd finish the mix. They're like, oh, we want to add one thing. So we don't go back to the mix for another week. Great. Then it's about making the file and sending it to mm-hmm. QC. Spent two days and they realized QC was like, hey, I don't think we received the file. Here's the confirmation email. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Lost two days on that. So then eventually you get to the point where you're like, can we just deliver this show now? And um, I think, of course, right before Thanksgiving, I'm delivering like three. Uh, but they're all done. It's just about putting them on a hard drive, dropping them off. Got it. And then I'll hear Monday, hey, they're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what, because all they re- require is one QC pass. And it's, I'm doing it, nothing, we don't do a lot of tape marks, which is good. I, in general, like marking the floor. Right. I had that on an ABC show, which lived and died by their own internal international QC. Yeah. Like, it was three pages. Send it back, two more pages. And I was like, well, why didn't you catch this the right. first time? <laughs> New things, <laughs> yeah. It, it would get to the point where I just got to, it's like, all right, we're, we're done. I mean, because you can only spend so much money anyway. Yeah. So it's like I'm spending about four hours per QC pass at what $350 per hour. Wow. So you get to a point where it's like, we're done. I can't fix it anymore. And it would be the same one. I would give them a note back. Didn't fix this. This was the intent, like creative intent. Right. They'd get another note. Hey, this is still there. I know. It's creative intent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I promise you that's the intent of the show and the producers. So, yeah, QC's fun. <laughs> yeah, QC. Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, I was doing the show and the network, we had to go to international and, and the network. And the network turned out to be a joke. Like, I never got, I don't even think I got a report. Oh. It was just, I guess everything's okay. Mm-hmm. There was always something wrong with the international you know, I'd, I'd, I'd QC my my butt off. You know, mm-hmm. I would go in there myself before right. I gave it out and checked everything, you right. know. And every now and then things will slip by. But my, my, QC, my international QC reports weren't ever bad mm-hmm. because I think I just spent so much time going over the show and mm-hmm. just make sure I, you know, fixed everything I saw. There was, there's always something. It's always, you can count on at least one pixel. Like yeah, dead pixel. It's yeah, it's like one one of those things where it can't be perfect. Yeah, we have to give him something. So I think they probably just like put a pixel in there or something. <laughs> they distort you know? the master yeah, file. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, 
come on, guys. You know, because yeah. it'd be a personal challenge. I'm like, okay, this week, this week, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. There's no, not gonna be any notes. And you know, everything comes back okay. It's like they rated one, two, three. Three being, you know, you have to um, fix. You have to fix. One, two, 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 one, two, two. And you get down to the very end, and it'd be like Dead Pixel Three. <sighs> I can write off all the other ones, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but three I kind of have to do. Right, right. So there was one week, there was one week where it was just like, I kind of get them, you know, in a very, I got them on the show in a very timely manner, mm-hmm. which was the day after air, but it's like, oh, oh, thanks guys, we just aired last night. Thanks for so this. did I ruin the right. show? No. <laughs> exactly. Did the TV shut down? No. Right. And so I was just waiting for this, and it never came. And so I was like, this is weird, mm-hmm. you know? So I called the lady at the International and she's like, you know what? No, it's it was all good. No. Like, good job. It was sort of like, you got us. It was one of the things like, I can't believe you. So that we that not, not only did you get us, we weren't even going to let you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're just going to let this one slide. Exactly. She's like, good job. Like, I got like a happy face sticker or something. It was like, well, I was like, all, I was really pleased with myself that day. I was like, Quit the job that day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. I did it. Drop the mic, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was doing that at first. I was doing, I mean, in the view and fix. So, like, when you online, you go and you watch the show, make sure it looks good. If we catch something there, oh, hey, a boom dipped in or something. I'll fix it. I just stopped with the ABC show. I just didn't have time anymore because I'd watch it and try to like, oh, there's a piece of tape. There's that like in the uh, view and fix. Then it got to the point where, look, someone's paying them. We're paying them to QC the show. Just let them do their worst Mm because I felt like I was never going to get the good one like you did. I was like, I'm just going to spend too much time trying to find stuff and then I wouldn't even know what I'm trying to find anymore. Like you stare at it too much. You're like, is that something? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I bowed down to because like international was the worst and there was nothing. They would see things in reflections. I'd be like, hey, that glass cabinet, I can see the tape mark that you fixed is still reflected in the glass. And it was like, okay, sure. So I'd go and remove the tape reflection in the glass. So it was, at that point, I was like, all right, now I'm making them do more work. So they're literally trying to find stuff. So now I just sort of like that thing of put everything in the script, even the ones you don't want, because you'll take those back to fight for the other ones. Yeah. So that was that, that theory of just let them do everything, because then I can fight the ones... I don't want to do or they're just too time consuming. Right. Because I feel like if they come back with four, kind of have to fix those four unless they're literally show intent. Yeah. And then there's, then there's a, oh, uh, equipment and cabling and this and that and this shot. And then they mark all these time codes and, you know, you just open up the email. You're like, oh, I hope it's not bad. I did my best. I think I feel confident. And you get those notes. Uh, C stand and light, light and shot and cabling. And it's like, what are they talking about? And you go and you comb over it and then you go, oh, oh, it, what? Whoa! What? Why didn't I see that? Like, you see the crew member standing yeah. there going, "I never yeah. saw this shot." I'm like, "What? Wow! It is really a pe- like I've watched the show 300 times. Yeah. I've never seen it. Now that's all I see." Yeah, you're like, "I I can't believe we missed it. All of us missed yeah, it. Exactly. And it's not like, on me. It's everyone. Everyone. <laughs> you know. And then of course you can't say that. Yeah. Like, well, you saw it too, exactly, yeah. producer. But he's he's go. All right. Well, yeah, I'll fix it. But yeah, it, it's it's really dumb pro- it's one of the low lights of the job you know just going in and fixing 
pixels or reflections and stuff. So I check all the reflections. I check the every car becomes a mirror when it goes right. by. And yeah, those I'm aware of. Like if I'm watching the show and I see a car, I stare at the car more than I stare at anything else. Like am I seeing the lights, the director, if it's like in the window, the way if it's shot. But like that, those are the ones I look for like if we're watching like uh, we're doing like the music spot and we're just watching the whole show it's like oh my god did i see something in the reflection probably because yeah. you can only fix so much no totally i mean and that's the thing too you can only fix so much i mean this stuff is very expensive to fix so you got to kind of you know um pick your battles but um i remember you know agonizing over a couple shows and seeing some really egregious stuff mm-hmm. you know cameraman little tripod in the reflection of a door couldn't really do anything about it tried we couldn't do anything about it but it was definitely the guy was definitely there you could see him you know you start to sort of predict oh this will never pass internationally mm-hmm. so you start to predict and the report will come back and they wouldn't even mention it and you're like I almost want to go. Did you see that? I don't. I'm questioning you. Yeah, now. exactly. It's like, what are you guys doing over there? What kind of operation are you running? But it's. I mean, you got to think about it. Uh, a lot of times, what they do is they take quadrants. They have teams that take quadrants mm-hmm. of screens and they just watch it over and over and over again for stuff. So that's all they're doing. So they're trying to find any and everything. And there's no way you know you're going to have, especially in television. And I have the budget to fix absolutely everything they right. want to fix. You know, um, it's and, just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much you can do. And to, yeah, they're not watching it for show. They're watching it for fixes. Yeah. They blow up the contrast. And so it's like you can see almost glowing items. So it's like they're not watching what it is. Because, I mean, you've probably had notes where it's like crew member's arm. And you're like, that's the cast member yeah. standing to the side that we're exactly. going to cut to in one second they're not watching it as a cut they're like arm because it looks weird where the arm is but if you're watching the show you know that guy is standing right there so you're like oh he's standing there well i don't see it that way well i'm not fixing it i'm not going to remove the arm because then it just looks weird like it's like yeah we yeah. have to know that guy's standing there that's why his arm is sort of dangling off screen and it's like you know that and get rid of the actress's side boob and like wait what <laughs> and then you just look at it again and again yeah no, that's like behind her. There's some yeah. sort of thing that's and it may look like side, but well, you just get rid of it. And, no, it's that's no. not what it is. You get rid of something natural, and that's not what it is. Well, it just looks like it, you know. Yeah, if you're looking at it the way you guys watch it, exactly. Yeah, we had uh, on one show the notes always came back um, because they're not looking on the QC. They weren't looking at the like you know, like 4K version of the show. They were watching like a dumber down version of the show. So it was like, if anytime there was a woman that looked like she had a thin shirt on, it was like, be wary of nipple impressions because we weren't allowed to have, women weren't allowed to have nipples apparently on uh, the show I was on. So if there Mm -hmm. was an indent where a nipple could be, we had to remove it. But it was always the note of uh, nipple impression. Always made me laugh. It was just that that was a note and that was my job. Like, wow! Make sure uh, you don't see the nipple impression. I was like, I can't believe this is my job. <laughs> yeah, we had to. Yeah, so we had to remove some nipples too. And it's like, really? I get like if it's like a sheer shirt and you didn't realize that when they were shooting. It's like you see coloring. Then it's like, all right, it does look like I can see right through her shirt. I get it. We're a family-ish show or something, right? But you're talking about an impression. Yeah, like it's like we're talking about. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's natural. It's not like any sort of sexual way. She's just walking through the room, and it's like ooh, nipple impression. Yeah, all right, I'll I'll get on that. 
that's my job now yeah exactly (laughs) i just remember it was like it was a shot in the show i did a few years ago and we were in the bay and you know here it is it's like for a few frames the Mm -hmm. lady had her she was wearing a skirt Mm -hmm. she had her legs open and you couldn't see anything but it was just like it was a little too bright in between the legs so we were just had to darken that area so it's just like every now and then i would look up and i'm like this is my job this is what i'm doing yeah oddly enough just dealt with that on the show we have a couple female actresses and sometimes they'll put the mic pack on their thigh because they're wearing a dress and that's the only way only place you can't see the mic pack Uh and she was getting up and you could kind of see the wire so they're like, hey, we should remove the wire. But also the when she was getting up, we were like stepping through because she was getting up from a bean bag, which was kind of the joke. And it was like, oh, God, do we see anything else? And then you're just creepily, can we shut the door? I don't want people to think we're creepily stepping through. Right. It's like, oh, let's see if we can see something. But it was just like, I just want to make sure we're not seeing anything. But it was just so creepy. It's, yeah, like, I know. it's like, oh, can we step through that? All right. I didn't see anything but the wire. And then. Just send it off to the visual effect guy. Just going, yeah. Just remove the wire and try not to be creepy about it. No, totally. Uh, it's it's yeah. You step through. You go wait. What? 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 Okay. What was that? You do feel a little like oh, this is. I'm not. I'm not. You know, yeah. she's a still frame. No, I'm. I'm not looking. I'm just yeah. looking for. You know, I don't want. I'm looking out for you. I don't want anything to be. There. Well, especially like in 4K when it like you see everything. Yeah, and it's not All like, right. Not like the old days where it's like if we were watching a VHS, rewind, I think I saw boob. You know, and it's like it's exciting. Now it's just like, oh, it's creepy when it's your job. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like this is what you do. And the poor like VFX guy, you know, that's all he's doing. You know, he's like, Yep, a lot of boobs and you know, vaginas today that I'm just sort of obscuring. That's what I'm doing. It's like, yeah, this is what they taught me at school. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, Well, my kids gotta eat. Yeah, well, um, and then on the other side, you have someone working in porn where their whole job is to make sure you see everything. Right. <laughs> We're not seeing enough. Hey, is she walking in? Is she wearing panties? Remove the panties <laughs> from her walking. She's got to appear that she's not doesn't have anything on. I'd love to be in one of these like post houses strolling down the hall. And you know how sometimes the doors open, you yeah. can see people, and it's like porn. Yeah, like somebody brought the porn into it online. They're, they're doing a view and fix. Is that the boom guy? Yeah. God damn it! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, that's uh, probably the one medium. I don't know anyone that's actually done. I know a couple of people that have done like have worked on like like those after dark, like the yeah. Cinemax after dark, where soft core. Yeah, where it's mostly just it was like the what was that David Duchovny narrated show, uh, Red, Red Shoe Diaries. Right. It was something wasn't Red Shoe Diaries, but it was something like that where everything like they would be naked and go to do something then you cut to like right. something now so but that was it but he was just but that was they were treating that more like regular because there was more story to it it wasn't about the goal of just showing sex so yeah i don't know do you know anyone have you no um no um i remember being somewhere where it was at someone's house mm-hmm. and um I invited you know this guy over and i think yes what he did he was he just gotten into porn, you know, oh, as think, a, as an actor. I oh, think. as an actor, and okay. He, he, young guy though, and he was like, "Yeah, I just got into it." And he's like, "Hey, you know what? You, if you want to, you know, hook you up with." I, I was like, I, I'm, "I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. I don't. No, I don't need to to get into that." But as far as like the 
production or post-production side of it mm-hmm. um i feel like you know the production or post-production side of point it's like it's a dude with a camera and like video equipment in the same room where you know he just puts out you know 300 of these a day yeah but no i haven't i do remember going to um (laughs) to the show uh you'll know the show uh where i had to go to vivid Mm -hmm. to get some um some porn that was i wouldn't say it's soft core but it was just like it's specifically shot for like broadcast television where you like things are strategically placed where you won't see oh, certain things so vivid has their own like sort of stock footage yeah i yeah. Yep. didn't know that 75 bucks a second it's um, not bad really no 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 it's no it's that's, no it's not it's comparable because you only usually uh, for anyone those stock footage you never generally use more than about three seconds for establishing maybe 10 seconds if that's a story point on the tv yeah. Like if you need it, and and was it seven fifty or uh, seventy five dollars a second for how much you saw? Could you get like, hey, can we get a minute? We'll pay you for what we use, or did you have to pay for the whole minute? Dude, if needed a minute. Dude, they are. Uh, I don't say where we are, mm-hmm. you and me, but they are not far from here. They are, yeah, they are <laughs> close to the podcasting studio. Yeah, right now. <laughs> they are, and I've never. I had an idea of what it might be like right. to contact these people, but I had no idea mm-hmm. because, first of all, super eager, super helpful. Oh, that's good. Um, to get you what you want. I'm like, it's like, it's a department where you figured, you know, you think about porn and mm-hmm. I like that this podcast is turned into the yeah. porn cast. Yeah. But, um, you think about porn and you think, you know what, this sort of ragtag group of people just putting together some, you know, janky production, mm-hmm. you know, with a, a camera that they, yeah. you know, pass around and, you know, probably Adobe Premiere from like, you know, 1986 or something. Right. So you figure, oh, the department, I probably have to like, you know, ask, you know, uh, Malibu Joe or some porn guy answer yeah. the phone, you know, he does the reception by day and then right. movies at night and I don't know where the, the I don't know if we do anything like that Bob you got any uh, somebody's asking about and then it just would be so disorganized that you would never right but no it's like this is what they do she's like what do you want you want guy on guy girl on girl do you want threesomes do you want me to give you this I can give you that and you I'm like oh what my God. I'm like well she's like yeah whatever you want you know we'll send you a bunch of things you know and so they send you these screeners the whole thing oh and it's like it's about a few scenes she's like I'll put some scenes together for you and send it to you how would you like that would you like me to you know would you like a digital download would you like this whoa and i'm like wow this is great and i'm like you guys hiring you guys are exactly (laughs) i'm kind of like sort of excited like damn you know i'm like the producer and like now i'm the porn procurer i like you to procure some porn yeah hey i got a i got a guy now yeah it's like it's my my job you know it's like this is what i'm doing like this is my every time i had to remind myself when i was watching i was like this is my job yeah what are you doing watching porn this is what i do that was my job (laughs) you know i I went to film school spent a lot of money to film school (laughs) not one of my aspirations was let me get into porn but at that moment Right. I was thinking, am I? Did I fall into porn somehow? Man. What is? I'm watching porn. Yeah. You know, trying to pick scenes and Man. stuff, and it's like this. Like, let me get away from this as soon as I can, because I don't want to fall into that porn vortex. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to, you know, watch these scenes, and um, it, it was weird because, yeah, it's not like a Red Shoe Diaries or or anything like that. It's basically 
a scene you might see in a porn, but it's it's done so that it's like you won't see anything that you you know you're not allowed to see on broadcast. However, they still kind of go at the scene, you know, like like they would, but it's like very strategically done. So know? it doesn't feel air quote acting, but it doesn't feel like the production shot something what they think would be porn. It's like no, this is real porn that we no it's obscure so you can use it yeah it's it, it shot like yeah it's shot like that it's 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 like actually seems to be very coordinated um so you think they have it like they'll they'll shoot their scene and it's like all right guys uh we're doing the stock footage shoot now okay and then they put up a vase and a couple things and then put the camera at a certain angle all right this is the stock footage stuff i think i think so but the thing is i think that like for this to happen um, and sometimes there's cuts and stuff, but I think for this to happen, I think they got to roll in the the contract director. <laughs> like you can't have the sound dude going, "Oh, dude, can you you know uh, get a camera and sort of get that angle?" No, this is this is something that has to be sort of like they probably out. sort of like a second unit. Yeah, they bring to... everyone in, and it's like this is how we're shooting right. stock footage. Yeah, this has to be planned out. This probably has to be a production meeting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh my god, that'd be awesome! Uh, I'm gonna look up Vivid Entertainment. Can you imagine being in a production meeting, Rob? Just like, oh, this is what I can't wait to support. Like I'm a porn guy. Well, especially too in post production when you go to production meetings, you generally only have about one question. So I imagine you're at that production meeting, and it's just like, is there gonna be playback? No. Okay. Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah, right. <laughs> Playback if like something's in a, a screen or uh, like music is being played or something like that. Um, but mostly, you know, something be playing in like a, a TV screen monitor or computer screen or anything like that. But yeah, when you have the production meetings, you're almost asleep and they go, Rob, you go, oh, well, what? what? Yeah, we'll what? get that for you. Yeah, sure. And then just ask later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do it. Yeah, at the end, side, sidebar, sidebar. Then yeah. <laughs> so explain exactly what you need. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> While you're down on your phone, you know, <laughs> playing apps or whatever. It's like, okay, I just need to wait until I hear this cue and I'll look up. And yeah, I imagine they do. I was hoping to find out how much uh, Vivid Video made last year. Yeah, Vivid is, they have a whole huge building, you know, in LA. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And like, it sort of ruined my uh, perception of, you know, the porn companies as as they're just sort of always sort of on the run, you know, in some rundown building somewhere. Yeah, you're kind shady. of hoping it's like, oh, yeah. it's going to be the shady building. Right. And it's like, no, it's, it's just like with anyone else, just a job. Yeah. that What these people are doing, they're just going into work and, and some people probably might not even see anything. There's got to be someone that works at Vivid that it's like, if it's on their desk, but they're not walking by it. Right. Day to day is probably just emailing budgets like hey guys you guys are really off budget now yeah no we gotta finish this like the accounting yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> i'd love to see that you guys are really over your 300 hundred dollar budget yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, yeah but we're shooting five films today exactly. <laughs> all right you get another 50 bucks pull it out of their pocket would you um you say uh vivid was doing an adult base maybe not hardcore but nudity and sex show. Maybe it's a Netflix. Netflix picks up an adult because they're going after dark. They're like picking up everything. I mean, so geez. would you? They're like, hey, we want you to be the associate producer on uh, this twelve episode series. Like it comes up naturally. You just someone recommends you. 
and it's pace. It's real money. Yeah, no. I, I just, I, I mean, at this point, you know, it is about the project. And having worked on a couple of projects, including the one I, I'm doing now, you know, it, it sort of really means something to be on something and watch and go, wow, this is, right. this is good. Um, I will say, though, that even like 10 years ago, where you'd ask me that question, I still wouldn't do it because I don't want to be in that. Right. That part of the business and it's just yeah. like i mean that's not what i what i aspire oh, yeah. what i aspire to do and you know not that most of the shows that i work on <laughs> is what i aspire to do or aspire to work on but like that that would literally i'd be in there going what am i doing you know <laughs> and then just just the the people you know that sort of populate that industry yeah. it's like yeah this is not just not where i want to be so like you said, the money's real, all that. It's good money. Yeah, it's not like I'm like, for a billion dollars. Well, yes, I do. I mean, just like regular, you know, what you're used to making, not, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I'd hold out for something else. Would you do it? I probably would now. Yeah. Yes. 10, maybe 15 years ago. No, because you don't want to be pigeonholed into being yeah. that guy. But I feel like I have enough context where if this was a... Look, it's a three-month job, like yeah. some of these are. I can get in and out, and people might not even know. And then I could go to something else. It would be them going, hey, we're starting up another one. Do you want to start working? Ah, crap. Now I'm tempted with regular money. But I feel like now I could go right back. You know, I don't feel like I'm, right. I would be locked in because there's those people that you know that That's work true. at – not Disney itself, but like the Disney Channel, like Disney Kid Channel shows. Yeah. There's those people, like even uh, I know someone who's doing like I think a Nickelodeon show can't get out of Nickelodeon. They don't mind. They love getting their money and everything. But it's just like I want to do like an adult show, yeah. not vivid adult, like a right. uh, <laughs> more like a, just even like a regular sitcom as opposed to this kid-based sitcom. But like those kid-based sitcoms do. 25 episodes and then sometimes roll right into the next season right. because the kids grow up and you do that and you're like okay i'm gonna look for something hey we're starting another one. Oh, i just i can't get out of it and on the show i'm on now we have a new uh coordinator uh production and she just left she goes i'm so excited to be out of disney like wow. i think it's just to do something different yeah that's all it is i mean she's going from a kid's show to a show that's you know an adult show with no nudity. It's um, <laughs> how so you pitch it. But I feel like, yeah, I'm with you. Like if it was in the beginning I was a PA and maybe as a PA once because no yeah. one would have cared or anything. But like once you start moving up, if you start there, you could end up there. Not that it's bad. Those people, those people, <laughs> people <laughs> are making money up. in every business. And there's people that work on kids shows. People work on porn. People work on only sitcoms, only single camera. But you can get locked into it. Like I was only doing multicams until multicam sort of died briefly, mm -hmm. got on a single cam. And I haven't done a multicam since i've done a pilot and that's it but oh as a whole show i haven't done a multicam since 2001 wow so I now multicam yeah and i don't I even one since 2005 no actually a little later than that was a nickelodeon pilot oh okay but it was not the thing i liked about multicam was not to interrupt you but no 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 that's the thing about uh now a lot of them just especially these nickelodeon and um disney shows they don't have an audience anymore and that's sort of the oh the sort of live 
aspect of it you know it's something i liked and enjoyed from multicam but now you know you just add the laugh track later and especially when you're dealing with kids there's why you don't have audience yeah and and you only have you know you have those child labor laws so you only have so much Damn time those child labor laws <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> ruin everything <laughs> so so when um when you're shooting you know obviously let's see say normal uh race shooting ratio um for adults is like maybe three to four to one mm-hmm. you know three takes for everyone it takes about three takes for you to get a shot uh, for kids it's more like maybe eight to one mm-hmm. because obviously they're young actors and you know they screw up and it's hard for them to get the right it's hard for them to get it right mm-hmm. you know so it takes a lot more time right and you know you're sort of up against it with you know studio teachers and they got to go to school uh during the week you know for a certain amount of hours and then you only have them working for you for a certain amount of hours so you can't expect for you know the kids to be that on and that on top no. of their game so you have to like po- put you know the laugh track in post which is crazy because i mean you did that anyways that was my the thing that uh blew me away the most on my first multicam was that we had an audience. We shot the whole thing. People laughed. Then I went to my first mix. They took a lot of them out and put new ones in. That blew me away. I was like, oh, I thought, oh, that was, oh, my dreams are crushed. Hollywood's fake. Yeah, but yeah. I was surprised that we did keep a lot, but we also added a lot. I mean, we obviously juiced the ones that needed a little more, but I was surprised on how much we took out. Then I was like, why do we even have some? Well, it's for the actors. All right, I guess. But it just felt like... I felt so crushed, almost like, yeah. oh, I always thought everyone was laughing because it was funny. Or you're laughing because I had gone, prior to even being in the business, I had seen um, to a taping, I went to Happy Days taping. Oh, really? Uh, but the bad Happy Days, I mean. Okay, and I was say it had to be the. Yeah, it was Ted McGinley, Crystal Bernard. Oh, um, okay. And it was actually a Crystal Bernard, Ted McGinley heavy, so. No one, I think uh, Tom Bosley was in one scene, and I was like, I was a kid, and I'm like, I only wanted to see Happy Days, but right. I guess I, in my head, I figured everyone would be there, and then, what else did I see? I saw Happy Days, I did see a Home Improvement, so I did see a later okay. one. I went to a taping of Ellen a year and a half before I started working on the Ellen show. Uh, not, uh, not the current... Uh, not the current uh, talk show, Ellen, when Ellen uh, used to not be gay at one point, and then... Right. Um, <laughs> she had a sitcom, but I went to a taping of that before I worked on it. So that's like the closest I've been to being in the audience than being in on the stage. Uh, but like on Ellen, I do remember actually the laughs did stay in. You only added the laughs to the scenes that weren't shot in front of an audience because huh. there was always that you know second unit stuff. But was yeah. that because it was like in the integrity of they want to keep the integrity of the, the laughter in the in the studio? Yeah, I think or, because people laughed more. Okay. Like, and everyone ate up every joke. When I worked on Ellen, it was the final fifth season. So people were in it already. So when people laughed, they were there. They yeah. were in the show. So I imagine with a kid's show, you're adding the humor with the laugh track. Right. And, but it's also like I was working on a show, and next show next to me was Boy Meets World. And all those kids were like 12, 10 or 12, and shot in front of a live audience. But I think they did one audience and then one without an audience okay so get the vibe of the show let the audience go or maybe they did one without the audience and one with the audience mm-hmm. just so they could get a vibe of how the show would be so it's crazy that now 
they just choose not to. It's more efficient. Yeah, no, totally. I remember when I was working at Nickelodeon, which was an experience in itself, um, you know, I would go up to editorial, which I don't know why, but it was like you had to go through this, you know, weird door and you walk up this narrow stairwell on up through you know the writers offices for another mm-hmm. show and then you'd go up another stairwell to like where post was but it's sort of like this sort of place where it seemed like it was post you know it was yeah. like yeah we think about you guys last so this is like <laughs> the attic or something they transformed into yeah. to bay. the post yeah because yeah. it was like the light booth was there too for the oh. stage that was there oh, nice. and it was like yeah you know the ap the associate producer basically who oversees all the shows like there's his office right there like in the light booth or something it was like <laughs> oh okay and it's like a desk it's not an office it's like a desk you know and that's it and um and then you go we had to go even up another narrow hallway up to <laughs> where it was so and then our offices were conveniently located on the ninth floor of the building across the street on oh, sunset of course and so from our offices we could see uh the window of our edit suite <laughs> but we, we were like oh, it takes 25 minutes to get there you know and it's across the street i just can't you know, I'm just not ready to go there right now to make that commitment. But in the light booth overlooking the stages, you see the iCarly stages. Oh, okay. And obviously, there's no, there's no like uh, bleachers or anything, mm-hmm. so there's no studio audience. So every time I would tell people, "Oh, I'm working on, uh, on a Nickelodeon pilot," like, "Oh, my daughter loves iCarly. Do you think you can get her in to see the show?" And I'm like, I had to break their hearts." Everything like. Yeah, they don't. This doesn't tape before. <laughs> uh, so, th- I mean, obviously, I know of iCarly, but I haven't watched iCarly. Is like the kids' ones, like with yours, was it still set up like a multicam, though? Like, totally. In succession, or did they do it over days? Did they still try to shoot in one day? Um, I mean, obviously, on some multi- on multicam, sometimes you'll shoot on two days. You'll do like an external set or th- right. uh, different sets or something. Okay. Um, yeah. But I mean, did you start, hey, at seven o'clock, we're starting to tape the show and and run it like that type of multicam or without an audience there? I think we shot, I don't even remember, but I think we shot it on multiple days. Oh, okay. Just the amount of sets that we had. Yeah, I think it was multiple. I think it had to be multiple days with these. We had a lot of kids. Oh, okay. So there was a there was a lot of different sets. You know, it was a pilot, so we were trying to get everything in. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, the kids were younger, so it was like you know they didn't have much time to mm-hmm. to be on set. So it wasn't like you had this main set and you had the swing set that kind of thing it was yeah. like we sort of shot on different stages it wasn't like we went for seven days but you know we yeah. went for we went for a couple days okay i yeah i wasn't sure like with something like iCarly, i didn't know if they would wait we shot it seven to nine i mean obviously if you're kids you're not gonna have the normal sitcom time it's like hey on thursday we're gonna shot, start at two two mm-hmm. to six and because i know there is something about the rhythm of doing it like at the stage like a stage show where you do your one thing take a break set up to the kitchen walk into the kitchen do that set up go back to the living room just try to like keep that energy as opposed to okay we shot the living room we'll be back in two hours now we'll shoot the other thing right which is sort of more single camera so i'd be curious i didn't know i didn't know that 
they were taking audiences away. Yeah, but it's what the word you use efficiency is, is that's what it is. You know, it's like as we get closer and closer to, you know, where we are now, if you want to go through the history, you know, the studio audience was something that, you know, was a thing unto itself where people would come and you know, executives would come to see the show and and that whole energy of it's probably born out of you know the theater but yeah. the whole energy of the live audience does something it does something for the actors it does something to to get that genuine laughter to the specific jokes rather than you know having a laugher in the mm-hmm. mix adding you know canned laughter to your show these are genuine la- this is genuine laughter to what you have and then you can even in that there's distinct voices and laughed and laughs within that particular audience that you can pick out and work with as well. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny because when I bring up an old show, like, uh, it's like either the Jeffersons, it was the Jeffersons or a good time, something mm-hmm. like that. And there would be a lady and I don't know if it was like added after the fact, but there'd be a lady who you could tell she was at most of the shows because it's like that same oh yeah same laughter yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever and i think that you know it's sort of added for me added to the charm of the whole thing and like mm-hmm. it's it's part of the whole thing it's not just like laughter if you really think about it when i was thinking about this a while ago about the just the construct of adding laughter yeah to it i mean in itself if you really think about it it's like why am i why am i why do I need to hear other people laugh at this mm-hmm. for me to laugh at it? Right. Like, it seems, because we're used to it, it seems fine. It seems like, yeah, you know, you have people laugh. But why, like, if it's funny, right. why do I need 200 other people to, to tell me it's funny about them laughing? Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm in, I guess it gives you the experience of being in the audience with them. Right. But if it's funny, you know, why? And I think that single camera you know, was born out of that sort of notion of, wait, if it's really funny, then we don't need to have a laugh track. But there are those shows that if they're <laughs> not that good, mm-hmm. you know, they go, oh, let's just add a laugh track and post and then it'll be fine. <laughs> and then it's that, <laughs> it's not, not the, like the full, they don't want to go yeah. full on with it. And then it's just terrible. But um, yeah, I just never understood. And I know, I guess it's sort of being in the audience and, trying to give you the experience of being in the audience but you know just to hear people laugh at jokes it's like and it's funny to think yeah like you said that's i mean how we grew up i mean that's how shows were you just totally laugh track well the weirdest probably of all of that is mash when mash had a laugh track i i i i think when i was i don't know if I, i didn't see it when it was like first running but yeah, I never, as a kid, when I did see it, I didn't like MASH because I didn't understand it. Like hospital stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it, it's a landmark show I had to go back and watch because I probably, you know, would appreciate it now. But when everyone's talking about MASH, you know, I was so young. I was like, this is old people in a yeah. hospital in Vietnam. What is, like, what is this? It's like Hogan's Heroes and stuff like that. I was like, hey, it's just not. It's okay. Yeah. You know, uh, although I think I may have liked Hogan's Heroes as a kid. Well, Hogan more. Heroes was it was more and, of a sitcom. Yeah, like they were on a stage. They were right. I mean, Mash was on a stage, but like they were set with those three walled rooms, and you know, you knew there was a camera rolling between rooms. Yeah, on that. Whereas Mash, it's like we're in a tent saving lives. Laugh track. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And there, yeah. there was that part of it too. It's like, oh, and it was like of the time and. 
you know, so it's got a lot of definitely uh, the character of that show and the importance of that show goes beyond, you know, was it funny? Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. I just I think that was one of my first introduct. That was like a, a big introduction to the show with the laugh track. Mm hmm which is the wrong show to yeah. sort of be introduced. Well, because it just shows you there. It's almost like if you were watching a drama mm-hmm. or something like that, and then all of a sudden heard a laugh. Like, because you could tell that MASH looked different than the Jeffersons or Golden Girls or Facts of Life, where it's like it just had a different aesthetic. And you're right. like, why are people laughing? Well, one, two, to understand, you know, that they were telling jokes while working on a hospital thing, because especially if you're young going, well, those hospital shows are boring because I'm a kid. Right. Now you're giving me a half hour version with the laugh track. So it's like aesthetically, you know, something's different. You see the camera follow them in and circle around. Sitcoms didn't do that. You were lucky. I mean, all you were doing is switching cameras. You never moved in a sitcom. If they were talking in the living room, right. you're just cutting to each actor without rolling. To right. Actor. Totally. Yeah. And I guess I was confused. like thinking about it by MASH. You know, that music in the beginning was like, yeah, it's like I'm going to some drama, and it's like you know you got the helicopter going into huh? the those mountains, which are probably Burbank, and it's just like they're those right over there. <laughs> yeah, they're actually right over there. Exactly. <laughs> I live right next to you, uh, Vivid Porn and the Mash Mountain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I never could understand going from that to mm-hmm. like now we're laughing. Now it's laughter. Is it supposed to be funny? Like the whole time I was like, is it supposed to be funny? But this is like war. This is. And they would have, like, on top of the comedy, they would always lose someone. Someone would always die. Yeah. And later, yes, much later, I appreciated the show. Like, I've seen probably all the mashes, Mm -hmm. like, just growing up. But, yeah, it definitely hit a little later. It's like, oh, it's a funny show. I get the jokes now. But, yeah, like, in, uh, what, around 77 to, or it was, like, 75 to 84 or something like that. Yeah. um, Well, I have the internet. The internet will tell me. I mean, I just... I just didn't get. I just I didn't get it, and I was. It's one of those things where it was universally critical. It was a universal yeah. critical d- yeah, darling. Yeah. It still is today, and you know one of the landmark shows on television in, in television history still holds the highest rated season finale yeah. ever. Yeah. So it's one of those things where am I not as cool as the other people in the room? Because I'm like I want to get it. Like I want to appreciate it like everyone else. Yeah. But I didn't get it. And I was trying to do that, I guess, as a kid. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I just don't understand. Because my mom just loved this show. She's like, <laughs> mash, mash, mash. And I would sometimes watch it with her and go, I don't get this show. I thought it was boring. Yeah. You know, it's, the whole war thing wasn't a big, wasn't a big hit to me. I, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't gravitate towards those kind of yeah. things. Um, now, you know, I noticed that they, I know that they had some really, really, really fine actors, yeah. really great writing, all that. And I can appreciate that now. But back then, going in from that somber theme song to just laughter mm-hmm. about things that are like seem to me to be pretty real. Is that guy like, dying with blood yeah, everywhere? Exactly. Why am I laughing? I'm like. I don't think I'd be in a, war, a Vietnam War just sort of like with his laughter. You yeah. Know? Like with jokes. Yeah. Now, not that you wouldn't joke, but the, the whole show is a comedy, yeah. you know, set in the Vietnam War. Yeah, based on a movie that, the movie, which I think was probably funnier than yeah. the show. I mean, the, the movie was played more as a comedy mm-hmm. and the show was played as a comedy, but they just felt so different and, 
you know, like in a movie, you expect some sort of drama, but every week they're cutting into people and you're like, I don't know why this is funny. Right. It's, it's as if they were stateside and just, you know, it's a yeah. comedy here, but Hey, we just happen to, there's happened to be bombs and things going on. Outside. <laughs> <laughs> and actually Masha began before we were born. So I was off on the years, uh, 72 to 83, 11 oh. seasons and 251 episodes. Wow. Yeah. See, I, I didn't catch any of that. Um, first run, but, uh, not crazy. Well, maybe. Comedy drama war is uh, the tag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! But see, see, that goes to show you back then. Uh, talking about something was pitched before I was alive, before we were alive. But yeah. back then, you could pitch comedy drama war. You could pitch yeah. all this stuff. Now, you know, it has to be something completely different. You know, no. um, you're not getting a half hour war comedy. No, on the air, it's just not happening. But, and also shows too, like the audience they were going for, like. You wouldn't make this show now going – you would have to make sure it was a younger cast too. It would be a younger-based show, even if it was based on the Korean War or whatever. But all the doctors would definitely be younger. Yeah. You know, so it's it's funny to think demographics were so different than like, you know, like the other shows they even show are like All in the Family and uh, Taxi and stuff and WKRP. Those were shows geared towards parents yeah. basically, not 18 to 25 audience that they – dire to have now you know now i'm just curious it's like oh all these older actors alan aldo will probably be younger than we are now right. when he started <laughs> <laughs> no alan aldo was good i remember admiring him as an actor in the show thinking mm-hmm. wow he's he's really good but and and like everyone was good and the comedy was writing i could tell was good but it was just like the the situation in the setting was just was a little yeah, like it's, i don't know it well also too whenever you were probably watching it. You were probably, if you remember, it was probably like early 80s before it was over. Yeah. I imagine that you remember watching it with your mom and she yeah. was probably invested. Look, I've 10 years yeah. into this show. She I'm... was invested for sure. Yeah, definitely. She was definitely glued to that finale like the rest of America. Yeah. And the world probably. But it was, um, yeah, it was one of those shows where every time, even today, where people like, and MASH. Oh, MASH is so great. And I go, Mash. I can even mash. It's even the yeah. title. It's just like mash. You know, you go today. You go to the studio, and you know, you do this great pitch, and you know, it's a great show. I got these great actors lined up. Mash, and you go. No matter what it stands for, no matter what, it's just yeah. Let's get let's get another title. And nowadays, can it be Chicago Mash? Yeah, exactly. everything is Chicago. <laughs> so something. we can do all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we'll do New Orleans Mash next. Um, yeah, it's. <clears throat> what's the social media angle you know that's what you gotta do now uh you gotta have an online uh component to your pitch or you can't pitch anymore which is you know which is good it's definitely something that i don't know if the studios have definitely have figured out yet Mm -hmm. but i think we were talking the other day about you know some of our favorite people to talk about like the rock and kevin hart you know they both have um incredible uh following in social media um they're at the top of the the game in hollywood um few people have more followers than they do obviously you have something like central intelligence um we have you know Dwayne mm-hmm. and kevin and that is born out of the fact that their twit their twitter uh instagram followings are so huge that it's like let's get these two people in a movie oh yeah and 
they'll do the they'll do the work. Now, I'm sure the agent and you know the actors, you know, they're smart now and said, "Wait a minute, I'm not." Because they, all they want to do is like, wouldn't it be cool if you just, you know, tweeted about this every day? Like, yeah, it'd be cool if you pay me yeah. to do that. Everything's cool when you pay me. Yeah, exactly. So that whole thing, because it's, 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 it's a bit of a work to, to get that following, yeah. to put out content and stuff like that. And, you know, of course they see, well, you know, it's kind of, it's a free account, you know, and you kind of <laughs> put stuff up and you promote the show. And every time you promote yourself kind of helps us uh, but you know, the more not. money the movie makes more money you make on right. the back end deal it's um you think someone's like at the studios money balling it like uh, the brad pitt film there's someone just sitting there like we need to make a film all right if we get this guy he's got this many followers here but this person who has less has more instagram followers i think that <laughs> there is absolutely that department at the studios it's like and, and you know it's like the department where you, if you go to a TV, the corporate part mm-hmm. of it, if you go to the TV studio and um, you go to the different floors and you have, you know, your current programming, your drama, comedy, marketing, all these people. And then you go to like, oh, that goes to, you have a delivery for the digital whatever. Right. For like, you know, uh, Hulu or Netflix mm-hmm. or whatever. And you go to that department, and it looks like no other department. Everybody's like twenty-five, <laughs> younger. And they have like the coolest, latest computers. It mm-hmm. looks like some sort of ad agency somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's just completely different. Like people on those play, bullshit hoverboards right. going around. <laughs> they play, yeah, they play by different rules. <laughs> like it's fun. It's yeah. like, hey, so what's going? Like, wait, what about the dower floor? You know, floor three, the corporate. Can you do something with them? Because you know, I want to. Those are guys getting stuff. the real numbers after it doesn't open. <laughs> exactly. Well. The kids at the top going, you would know be awesome. Yeah, The Rock. Kevin Hart, Josh Gad, I just moneyballed you. Boom, <laughs> and that's what's happening because it's like every all this like uh, all the like AT and T just buying you know. Uh, oh yeah, who did they just buy? Like uh, Time Warner. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like all this like integration is happening. It's to a point where there's only a few companies that own everything, and it's corporate. And so the corporate guys are thinking, how, obviously, how can we, in our investment, how can we get the return on our investment? How can we capitalize, you know, on um, what we have to maximize our profits? That's how you think, you know, when you're into it. Imagine going into a creative meeting, and that's what the first thing you say. And you go, oh, I thought we were going to talk about how, you know, we can uh, advance the signature of our brand you know creatively mm-hmm. as, yeah no i have dollars so how can we get more money yeah. and then you start working in these like um, analytics about what does what is the social media impact of certain stars what are their ratings you know they i think they still do have these q ratings that yeah, yeah, rate yeah. people you know around the world of like how they do you know box mm-hmm. office wise and I don't know the specifics of it, but it sort of does play into a how much money can you, you know, lend to the budget? Can something get greenlit or not? You know, I mean, yeah. it's based on real numbers, obviously, because that's how you have to operate. But yeah, there's there's like a department because they've been trying to they meaning the studios have been trying to crack uh, the online juggernaut for 
years and they haven't and they really won't um, especially the people at the top because they don't understand it so they'll have people they'll create departments and have people come in to sort of give them and crunch the numbers give them the numbers on you know what everybody's worth is as far as social media because it can prove to be very very effective and you know it's a little hard to have a new brand or a new something new and then put it out there and then all of a sudden it catches fire you need to have a bunch of elements in there with a uh, already established um, history so that's why you get like the rock and kevin hart that is like numbers yeah rock kevin hart first of all they get big numbers in social media second of all can they work together absolutely is it funny of course yeah you know do we are they charismatic people yes they are so i think you know on one level what works about that on one level you see the two and you're like wow this is this is great creatively you realize they have some of the biggest followings on on twitter and instagram and it just gets the word out there and it does just sort of you would think it cuts down on their marketing but (laughs) because you know when the rock comes out from the set you know with these little videos you know and his on his Instagram of like Fast and Furious and stuff like that, then you sort of get amped up about it, you yeah. know? And a lot of people, a lot of different kinds of people follow, you know, follow them. Um, I was talking to someone, I was going to do some webisodes, and I was talking to a friend who had just done something, had some pretty good success. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of asked her, you know, what she did, and she just sort of listed a bunch of different things that she's done. Mm-hmm. And different companies that handle certain things like analytics. And yeah, it just blew me away. I was like, "Wow, I didn't realize it was that." Um, I that, just want to make something deep. good. It doesn't matter right. anymore. No, yeah, you can like, be the best thing in the world. But like, yeah, it's like it's it's great if you can get like a a webisode or a star. Like if you yeah. can get someone with a following already in your show, then that way you know you get those followers will because they like that person will come to your show and then that's the way you can grow your thing. And I was like, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just kind of, I just wanted to make something good. Yeah. Yeah, We don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no. And then like, it's all about content and all about your latest content. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you have to consistently put out content. Right. And if you don't, then, you know, in this world we live in now where we just like click, 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 click. And there's so much content at your fingertips, you'll be forgotten about, you know, forever. So you just got to keep generating it. Well, that's why the people listening to this one will have seen that we have a Thanksgiving pod because we post every Friday. Right. And uh, this Friday coming up is a Black Friday. We'll have an episode. So My favorite Friday? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just exactly. call it Friday. Yeah, just call it Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why. It's like you have to have one a week. It's like even though it's Thanksgiving, you got to make sure you have your content. One person's like, oh, they didn't post. You get forgotten about. Yeah. So no it's 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 true it's like on the one hand you go yeah i mean i get it you know i, I you and i we think about something that you really like you know oh, what's the latest oh they put out a new whatever but you know you also know that uh, yeah, the other person did a lot of work to do that maybe you know something else had life happened and they couldn't get to the thing anymore it didn't matter i got these other things and i forget about you yeah you know? so i mean it's it's true it's like you got to put out content all the time. And that's the one thing that they do, Kevin Hart, um, Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, like almost every day they put out something. Every single day. You know? And it's like, it's work. And that's kind of what you have to do. You yeah, know? Until he doesn't want to. It's like, you know, I need to take a break. 
Yeah. So then he can ease up a little. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, it's like, it's amazing to see, you know, The Rock, you know, with... Uh, you mean the, the sexiest man alive? The sexiest man alive. Oh, okay. and we can talk about that, but... <laughs> Sexiest man alive, and you go, well, it's about time. Yeah, exactly. Know? But, uh, you know, with a, a chain on his uh, around his neck that's, you know, you know, it's probably a chain for some 18-wheeler tires right. or something, you know, and he's got it, and he's, like, you know, doing his pull-ups or something. With mm-hmm. the, the, uh, at the end of a chain is a boulder or something like that, and he's just like, <laughs> as always, you know, yeah, you know, got these in today before breakfast, and it's like. Man, yeah. this is this is like that's so. Basically, a real your goal like is that. to make me feel bad right. about myself. <laughs> exactly. And then he well played. <laughs> exactly, and he's like, "This is my my cheat day is tomorrow. I'm gonna have like you know sixty pancakes and for t-. like wait a minute, what? you know it's like that. And you know his metabolism, as I said, just, just burns off. Yeah, it doesn't even. It's not even yeah. a cheat. He could have a cheat week and yeah, exactly. still be okay. I'm like ah, ah, it's like him, Michael Phelps with his like. Eight twelve thousand calorie diet, and it's like uh, a friend of mine had just—I think he tweeted one time where he's like, "Yeah, I just uh, just got on that uh, Michael Phelps eight thousand calorie diet, about four thousand calories in." It's like I don't know if I can do it today. <laughs> I mean, that is an insane amount of calories yeah. to be taking in that you're burning. Like that's it. I mean, it's just—it is you're literally just you're shoveling just fuel. It's crazy. At that point, would you even want it to taste good? It's like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't even taste food. I mean, at that point, don't you have to be literally in the water for most of the day swimming? And when you get out, there's got to be someone just shoveling chili food. <laughs> they feel you up like a race car. You get out of the pool, they're just yeah. shoveling some chili in there. Now get back out there. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let me get up. It's like, Life? Well, I knew someone who used to do like those marathon or, or marathons. He had done one and then afterwards ate like a bowl of pasta, a bagel, and went to bed. And I was like, I would be out for a month. But yeah. he woke up, it's like, hey, let's go. I think it was just like he put the fuel back in, let his body burn it, and went to sleep. I was like, well, yes, if I had a bowl of pasta and a bagel, I would fall asleep. Yeah. But I would not feel good the next no, day. No, no, no. Yeah, during the night, you're like, oh. In the morning, like, why did I do that? You know? It's like, yeah, the pasta was really good. And I think he was eating plain pasta where I would have just been, you know, covered in cheese or so, something. Of course. I guess all. So I did a little of your homework last week, the the uh, remake of Airplane. All right. So um, I did a small uh, remake. I didn't do every character because there was a lot you could yeah dig into so for the airplane reboot for people that might not know airplane was a movie that came out in any guesses john and for people who did not know it's like come on was it 80s well yeah 1980 wow i thought i would have said 82 but um yeah definitely early 80s 80 abrams zucker and zucker like uh the they were the comedy yeah totally team of the uh the 80s they were I don't know that was just the spoof comedy. They were the ones that started spoof yeah, comedy. I mean, it, it was. It's one of those things where you're like, man, of course. Like, yeah. why wasn't that? Yeah. Not that it wasn't done before, but to that that magnitude, it was like right. It's like every time you say, like, I want to watch it again because I think about that that music and everything. Yeah. Now, see, there's a thing that's like it's a comedy. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. You yeah, know. it was it was serious movie played as a comedy, yeah. but you knew based on the music. It's like right. okay, I, feel, I did, didn't need a laugh track. 
Didn't need a laugh track for Airplane. Totally. It's like the series version. Sully. Wait, oh, what? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw the series version. I don't know. They should add a laugh track to Sully. <laughs> it's like he lands the plane on the water. Yay. <laughs> All right. I didn't go over jokey with it, which I could have. I mean, The Rock and Kevin Hart are not in it. It is. They, oh, how they, dare you. They could be. Okay. Okay. So Producers, maybe. Um, for the Ted Stryker and Elaine. Yeah. I went Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm also top-loading that. I'm not saying I t- I'm doing it legitimately, but I'm also top-loading. Because Robert Hayes and um, Julie Haggerty, like Robert Hayes was sort of a straight actor that fell into comedy. A lot yeah. of like a lot of these people that were in the film. And I think Ryan can play it straight and be funny. I think that's an inspired choice, actually. I and like that. Emma, they just work so well together. Like, so I was like, I bet she could play, because that character from Julie Haggerty was kind of goofy. And I think Emma Stone could play goofy. It's like, I, you know, I buy them as a couple. I really like this. This is, this um, is good. This is, our budget is, you know. Yeah, we, we have no budget now, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, but. Oh, they have uh, Instagram followers. So there it is. Oh, there we go. We have to have, the way to combat that is we could have Brad Pitt's company. Plan B. Plan B. Mm-hmm. Produce it. And because it's him, he can get some of these actors right. for a reduced rate. And we do well in China. So that's, there we go. that's all that matters anymore. You know, that's we you know, at the pitch, you know, that's the last thing you say and then walk out. China. Yeah. Off the mic. <laughs> Steve Makrowski, uh, Lloyd Bridges, Jeff Bridges, homage to his dad. That is just one of the most genius moves in Hollywood is to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's you're just a nod to his dad. God, that's, that's good. Uh, Peter Graves character, which was uh, Clarence over for the over under, you know, over, over uh, yeah, yeah. joke. Um, Gary Oldman, because uh, Peter Graves, serious actor at that time. Yeah. So you need someone with that's can be likable. Gary Oldman can. I'm thinking. I was thinking Gary Oldman, sort of his uh, Detective Gordon mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. version of him, where he was kind of a little more lighthearted. And I could. It would be funny to hear him go. Do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm loving this movie so far. <laughs> this was had nothing to do with the name. It just sort of fell into place. Leslie Nielsen, who was also a serious actor that just read the line seriously. Right. Liam Neeson. <laughs> and the names are... <laughs> I know. I was just like... I was, once I saw it, I was like, I wasn't doing it for that. It was... I was trying to think of... Because if you watch, other than um, Robert Hayes, everyone in Airplane is an older actor. And yeah. I'm sure if I looked them up, they're all 40. Um, but we're coming <laughs> from serious. So I was taking right. it... I was trying to take the spirit of what they were doing when I was throwing out names that's why i was like uh liam neeson like he's known for being serious but so if he's delivering these funny lines serious in his accent could be really good mm-hmm. and he's done a plane movie before so good luck you two we're really counting on you yeah I, I just i don't know i just felt like maybe he he's one that i'm not locked in on but i'm there uh rex kramer robert stack the one you know mm-hmm. flew with him sam jackson <laughs> I just someone that's Sam. Sam definitely needs to be in. Like on it's this. just sort of um, <clears throat> that stern figure that would tell a good war story. It would be like that moment in Deep Blue Sea before he was eaten by the shark. Mm-hmm. His speech. That's what it was like. I could picture him talking on 
the mic in the speech and doing it in i don't know there was just something about i know he takes the glasses off and he has another pair on sure. i could see sam jackson pulling that off um, i'm already laughing <clears throat> i love it the other two were sort of minor characters so barbara billingsley who was known for june cleaver played absolutely J- played jive I, lady. I love leave it to be that one i got I uh, that one jive lady it just seemed so betty white as jive lady it, I, I can't tell you that that is not only is the perfect choice, uh-huh. but is the only choice. Having worked with Betty White um, on on a show, she's like sharp, mm-hmm. like really sharp, really funny in ways that like I guess she's shown it, but like you like wouldn't expect. Yeah. Um, it just to go into a story. It's like our. I was doing a show and one of our PAs got in an accident, mm-hmm. and it was a funny kind of accident. It okay. wasn't in it wasn't in a car or anything, but it was in a right. I'll just say it was in something that some sort of vehicle, but not okay. a car. And but it was like kind of hilarious. Okay. And so <laughs> the guy was you know out of commission, had to stop working for a few weeks, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so she was doing the show, and we wanted her. She was a guest star. Okay. And we wanted her to write something to him because he really, really liked Betty White. And so he's going to miss out oh. on her. Oh, his guest cast, he wasn't going to yeah. be there that week. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like, we were like, we got to get her to do something because, mm-hmm. you know, poor guy. He was like, yeah. oh, I, was wanting to, I was waiting for that. Yeah. And so she's, she. We got something, and then so she signed it, and she sort of wrote it in Spanish, like you know, huh. use the break next time, fool, or something yeah, like yeah. that. But it was like in Spanish. Oh, on her own, she did that. Okay, and it was like, wow, you know. And then she's she, she she's always down for like comedy. She's sharp. She gets yeah. it. She would take to that, like you yeah. know, she would take she would take it and run with it. Like she's a true professional i think she's to me she's so good that i don't think of her i didn't think of her of being able to do that Mm -hmm. um because she her characters that she plays she plays so well you think oh she didn't have the wherewithal to do that but no she's very sharp you know um there was a scene where she played this old lady and she was she was out laid stretched out on the ground and had her eyes closed and um one of the kids in the show thought he he had killed her (laughs) And, um, you know, he's there trying to, like, revive her. So the scene's over, and, like, she's still, like, out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, shit. Like, what? what's going on? And so he tries to, like, yeah. shake her. Nothing. So to shake her, he's, like, red. He's <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then she, like, opens up her eyes and, like, winks at him. Oh, my laughing. God. And he was like, oh, my God. <laughs> 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 just she starts laughing. Oh, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, sidebar, but it's <clears throat> I love that 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 that'll be a home run for her. Yeah, I mean totally. it's it's such a small part in the movie, but yeah. like when I thought of it, I was like, well, it has to be her. Yeah. The other two characters that minor roles, but remember the uh what was it, the the nun that was singing to the sick girl the sick girl and kept knocking out the IV. Mm-hmm. Uh switch it up make it a priest and Henry Winkler because it's such a sweet moment and Henry's singing seems like it could be 
a funny moment because he, he's funny. Love Henry. Henry's a great, great guy, man. Yeah, no, no. Henry's Henry's great, and he's he. Yeah, no, he would knock no. that out of the park. I, it's such a small like because when I was looking through Airplane, I was like, God, there's so many roles that you could have great little cameos, but that movie also wasn't about great cameos, so it was just sort of like all right, I'll just pick the main ones. And then the only other, and then that one was one I just thought of. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of funny. I like Henry Winkler. Then the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar part, I had two. All right, here we go. All right, Brett Favre. Okay. Because he was kind of funny in some, something about Mary, but the idea of him, because it would still be that thing, you still have to have that joke of the kid. It's like, my dad thinks this. It's like, you try doing this, yeah. you know, dragging <laughs> Walt up, or Walt up, the cha- up and down the court. And then the idea of them dragging him off and he's in his full uh, Packers gear or right. something, which would be kind of good. But then it was sort of the safe bet, because he's so funny, was LeBron James. I, was about, I knew you were going like, to go That LeBron, was actually yeah. my first, but I was like, there's something about a football player that would be funny to them dragging him in his football gear. But then I was like, LeBron's gold and he's currently playing like if you were doing it now it would be funny for someone currently playing right you know because then you can make a joke about miami and you know him going back or something yeah yeah, no totally yeah i i think the studio would pick lebron yeah um uh i I like the angle of brett you know you you have to change it up a little bit but i like uh i think i mean it's the smart move yeah because brett's also retired it was just the idea of it would seem funny because he wasn't great in something called Mary, but he would be funny because he's not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's something about that. But then also, too, it's like LeBron is just just sit LeBron down, give him a bigger role, you know. And, right. and I don't know that funny. That was such a funny moment, too, in Airplane when they drag him and he's in his full gear. Like, <laughs> like they pull him out. And it was that moment of like, why is he in his outfit now? Because he was always in the, the pilot's outfit. And uh, that movie is... Um, that was it. I mean, basically everyone else would be like the bit players in um, at the airport that are trying to right. get the plane down and a few people on the plane. But other than that, it was uh, it's a little top heavy. I mean, you got some big names in there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I guess the only other, I mean, if you didn't have LeBron and you just want the money, you just put in uh, The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are the dri- jive guys? I don't know. I'd just be... The Rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> I'm saying you could put like them, definitely Kevin. I could see doing something. Kevin or and Denzel. You know who would? <laughs> you know who'd be good? Huh. Uh, JB Smooth. Oh yeah, because he kind of has a little, a little. He can. Yeah, he could talk really fast. I remember doing ADR on a show with mm-hmm. him, and he was like, "I, I, damn, I, I talk so fast, I can't." You know, he's like, "I gotta." I gotta get into my own ass. Like I gotta get into my shit. I yeah. can't even. I can't even <laughs> go as fast as I went. You know when I yeah. did the thing. He would be great because he just goes off on shit. Like, like when we were doing ADR, mm-hmm. in between the takes, like he does this like little routine, little yeah. stand up routine to us, and just like talks about <laughs> like working out what, material yeah, while exactly. you're like trying to get shit done. Like yeah, <laughs> like so he makes up words in the show, and then he said, "Well, you know what that is? That is." And so he'll go like expound for twenty minutes on that. We'd be laughing, but go no, but literally you have nine thousand lines, yeah. and you're hard to get. Let's get going. How about you just do? Here's the script. Yeah, <laughs> watch yourself. Just start reading. Right, and we'll just slide what we can do. Yeah, basically. I mean, after a while, you just had to give up and say, "Yeah, let's start doing that," because you you have a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that this this airplane is. We need to make this airplane. I got mannequin first. 
than our, from the mannequin fame. Because now there's the mannequin challenge going around. Might be the uh, the perfect time to strike with the mannequin movie. Have you heard the mannequin challenge? I haven't. What's what's that? Internet. Basically, I have no idea where it started. Um, what you do is you set up a scene in like your office, and everyone you know freezes basically, and you move the camera or basically it's your cell phone around the people, and it everyone looks like mannequins but you do things where some people go to the elaborate thing where they look like they're tripping so stuff is falling out but it's all like taped up so people are going overboard with their mannequin challenges Uh, of course yeah so they did one actually for the snl promo um i think Kristen wig was hosting or something so they did a promo and they did the mannequin they went through everyone dressed as kind of characters that they're kind of known for with this cast and i think the key is that makes it look like everyone's frozen is they kind of push in and out and move the camera a lot. So you're seeing a lot of angles of everyone and Mm -hmm. no one's moving. So it's kind of more of a, it's everyone's frozen, but it's also the movement of the camera that makes it look like they're just walking through a room of a, looks more like it should be almost called the frozen challenge mannequin you would just stand like a mannequin so well, if they call it the frozen challenge then disney would sue yeah. so you don't want to <laughs> so that's a billion dollar joke we just did exactly. Damn it. <laughs> um so homework done and uh alan aldo was 36 okay we started the show but I, I bet if we looked at a 1972 episode it'd be like oh yeah alan aldo but i because we think of alan aldo now right and when the show ended it was like it's an old people show and your, he's 30. Okay. your mom was probably thought he was older when she was watching it and probably relatively close to the probably. same. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely was. All right. Um, well, that was it. It was our porn cast. It uh, was our <laughs> it was our porn cast. Uh, uh, Vivid Entertainment, uh, Airplane Reboot. What else did we talk about? QC. Don't ever QC, QC a show. No. That's the it's worst just, thing ever. It's, it's the bad part of the job. Yes, it is the bad part. All right, well, I hope you guys didn't overspend on uh, Black Friday last week. Uh, If you did, well. That that was you. (laughs) (laughs) That was you, but, you know, America is going to be great again, so you don't have to worry about that. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, You can follow us at Twitter at Because John and Rob, SoundCloud, and iTunes. All right, have a great one. Have fun. (laughs) 